is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, good morning, Holly. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Really chuffed to have you on the show uh, here on Three Valleys Radio. So uh, thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. No, it's a a pleasure. It really is a pleasure. Now, our programme is is a kind of a a cross between Desert Island Dis, if you know what that was like, and and This Is Your Life. Um, We just talk about your career and, and we put some of your musical choices in as we go along so let's start at the beginning um you were born in 1990 11th of october um and i see your father i presume coming from clonmel is irish yeah my dad's irish and my mum's english he's from um Bromyard right in herefordshire so hence the reason why the, the family decided to settle in herefordshire there whereabouts in herefordshire were you settled um ivington a little village just outside of lempster Anywhere near Hay on Y? Yeah, not too far from Hay on Y, probably about 45 minutes from there. Oh, right, fair way, yeah. Now, we used to go on our holidays at Hay on Y a long, long time ago now. Um, I, they had a, nice down there, yeah. Yeah, they had a dog down there that was called Kazen, and it was a beautiful Alsatian, and I fell in love with it, but I was only about mm. sort of 10, I suppose, at the time, and kept on to my parents to get another dog after that. So anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for reading up all your, all your stats, it's pretty obvious that, uh, you know, you, you were born into a, shall we say, a racing house, household, basically. Yeah, to say the least, yeah, that's exactly what it was, really. I've been born into the game, really. My um, grandparents were involved in racing. My granny bred um, Arabian horses and raced them. Um, so we've, you know, yeah, down the down the generations, he's always been in racing. Yeah, and, and you, your mother raced them as well, and your dad was an ex-jockey as well, so uh, it was, it was, I suppose yeah. it was pretty inevitable that you were going to end up doing the same thing. Yeah, that's it. But um, I was never really pushed into it. It's something I wanted to do, really. You know, you get these pushy parents that mm. um, decide for their kids what they want to do, but it's something I wanted to do. My brother had the same upbringing as me, and he, he doesn't have anything to do with racing. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously pony racing was the first step sort of thing. When, when did you first get into pony racing? I mean, how you know how old were you when you first got on the back of a horse, shall we say? Um, I rode, well, first time I rode horses, well, before I could even remember really but um I think I had pony race from the age of 12 or 13 and went from there and were you sort of uh, successful at pony racing um I had a few winners but I wasn't um you know amazing or anything like that I I, I had um 
okay ponies, not like these days. Um, but for me, it was just the taking part and you know actually being involved in the race that I I was interested in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, were you sort of completely sold on it within within sort of weeks or days or first try? Yeah, definitely. As soon as I did my first pony race, I was there. Uh, that was the decision made for me, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, so, so ha- I mean, how long did you go pony racing before you started getting into the the, the, the serious, you know, the the adults game, shall um, we call it? Yeah, I started riding up for Dave Evans when I was fifteen, fourteen, and then obviously left school, and I just went straight into racing. I didn't do college; I just went straight to work full time for Dave Evans down in um, Abergavenny, and um, yeah started in my own money and got on with it from there really and, and was he a, um, a flat yard or a jump yard a uh, flat flat so you were straight into the flat game straight away then basically and and sort of yeah basically. i mean i presume you you, you I, i've never met you obviously face to face but i've seen you on the tv and you you're, you're quite short how tall are you actually um five foot so pretty small <laughs> oh well so but i mean Basically, then you you were made to be a jockey, weren't you? If you know, low weight, short, and, and and strong, presumably. Otherwise, you wouldn't better hold hold on to the horses as you do. I suppose you could say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, having watched you, but um, <clears throat> when did you do you actually have your first winner? Um, my first winner. So I started off as an amateur jockey, and my first ride actually went and won. Um, oh. It was a big prize, and it was a big shock. But yeah, he actually won my first ride. Um, so that was a good start, but things, you know, things don't, um, things didn't kind of continue as quick as they started. But that's just the way it is. But I mean, that must have that must have been, you know, a huge adrenaline rush, wasn't it? Within your very first race. Yeah, it was amazing. It was something I felt like I'd been waiting for all my life. But obviously, being so young, I didn't have to wait very long. No, where, where was it, and what was the what was the name of the horse? Uh, the mongoose. Yeah, and where 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 did you win? Salisbury. Salisbury. All oh, right. Okay. Um, I often go to Salisbury myself, so because uh, I'm part of um, Hot to Trot Racing. Have you come across them on your travels? Yeah, I've ridden for them quite a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I'm I'm in, I'm I'm in Hot to Trot too, believe it or not. So, oh, okay. so uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, I've I've got bitten by the bug as well. <laughs> sure you. But <laughs> uh, so um, you had your first ride at Salisbury then, and uh, that was in May 2013, winning by half a length. So then you had to sort of go back and take GCEs. That must have been a bit of a bind, wasn't it? Uh, I'd finished those before I had my first ride. Oh, good so old wi- good old Wikipedia. They always get it wrong. Don't you worry. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> So how did it progress from there then, Holly? I mean, what what was kind of what was the the journey from that point onwards? Um, well, I turned apprentice um, a few months after that because I was too light, really, because they have heavyweight amateurs. So I always wanted to be an apprentice, but it was just a good starting point for me as an amateur to get a few rides under my belt without being on the big stage, you could say. And um, so I went off to Newmarket and did my apprentice course and got my apprentice license and then things started rolling from there and I was still with Dave Evans at this point mm-hmm. um, I did three or four years with Dave um, and I just rode him a few winners but things weren't going as well as I'd hoped and I wasn't improving as quick as I'd hoped so I made move to Richard Hannon's when I was still a seven pound claimer um, and it just escalated from there really I got given opportunities and 
improved as a rider, obviously riding lots of good horses and work. And um, yeah, I rode my claim out over the next few years um, whilst I was attached to Richard. So it was a good experience. Time for a musical break now. And here's the first of uh, Holly's choice of music. And it's Razor Light and Somewhere. Stay still And then you come and call on me You say I just can't help myself I really, really wish I could be somewhere else And then you And I met a girl She asked me my name I told her what it was Tried to explain exactly what I'd lost But now I just can't help myself I was catching the sparks that flew from your heels Trying to catch your eye But that was somewhere else yeah, somewhere else Somewhere else I really, really wish I could be Somewhere else Somewhere else Somewhere else I really Razor light and somewhere during that time you went to um, to Santa Anita in California. What, what what was that all about? Oh yeah, I went there um, for a stint in the winter b- between Dave Evans and Richard Hannon just to get a bit more experience riding track work. And um, I think I was only seventeen, so um, I hadn't really left the country really apart from going skiing a few times. So it was a big um, big 
big shots the system really I wasn't very street wise and um, went out there on my own so um, it was a good experience and then that kind of helped me when I went to Richards then I had a bit more experience under my belt what was it like over at Santorini? I mean, that's quite a quite a bold step. It's a seventeen-year-old first time away, straight across to the yeah. Big, it was in the, the middle of California, obviously. Um, so pretty full on. It's different, very different to the racing style over here and training style. So yeah, I learnt a lot. Do, do they not tend to do everything on timing some more over there than than we do over here? Yeah, they time all their track work, so you learn about pace and timing quite a lot out there. And when you came back, I mean, how how useful was the experience in terms of your overall development? Yeah, really useful. I mean, I had a bit more of a clue of what, what was going on around me, and um, although it's very different in England to how they ride out there, and sometimes the, t- the fractions you learn aren't um, relevant, but um definitely gives you a rough idea of pace. Now looking at your timeline here, um, which uh, Wikipedia very kindly laid out for me, um, you won your first listed race on Bilsden Bess, again at Salisbury, yeah, in 2017? Yeah, that was my first listed winner for Richard Hallam. I was still an apprentice, so it was a big um, big deal back then, and yeah, it was an amazing day yeah. um, to get that first listed winner. That's a nice place, Salisbury, too, to ride a winner, I think. I always think it's really nice there. Um, so, at, at, you know, at this point, what what were your thoughts? I mean, you know, you, you'd obviously sold on the idea you were going to be a professional um, uh, uh, flat jockey, but, I mean, at this point, you still had to ride out your claim, presumably, did you? Yeah, I rode out my claim not long after that, um, and then things escalated again. I mean, I started riding, I rode for a lot of different trainers and um, I've got offered a job with Archie Watson well I'm still right I was riding out for him when I was an apprentice once a week and I lost my claim and um, got a job there so um, kind of rode out for him three or four times a week while still riding out for Richard Hannon every now and then and um, yeah things started escalating I started riding abroad quite a lot um, yeah and traveling the world really right and and where have you been you know abroad France presumably um, France, Germany, um, America, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, um, pretty much everywhere. But I want to go to Australia still. So. Well, you haven't done bad so far, have you? That's why I say you are the queen of the turf, Holly, without any question. <laughs> I mean, that's you know that's amazing at your age to be of all those places abroad and ridden abroad. I mean, I, I find it it's just amazing. So 2019, you were awarded a Leicester, would you believe? Yeah, that was really good to win a Leicester. Obviously, it's something I'd always hoped of winning one day, mm. um, and I finally got one, so that was nice. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, in the last, I don't know, well, certainly the last five years, you know, the, the presence of, of female jockeys has become much more um, increased, hasn't it? And, and it's not just you. I mean, there's an awful lot of um, good sort of female jockeys about now, so to win that was quite an achievement. Yeah, and it's nice because it's your um, peers that kind of vote for you, so it's nice to know that the people you're working with are rooting for you and stuff like that. It's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then um, your first win at Royal Ascot was in 2020. Presumably that was behind closed doors, as it were, was it? Because we would have been in, in the middle of the pandemic then? Yeah, that was when we were in the pandemic, so that was behind closed doors. It was a um, pretty good good day, despite the crowd being there. Yeah, and a 33-1 to 1 shot as well. Scarlet Dragon. Mm. Um, yeah, Scarlet Dragon. He, um, he's a horse I've had quite a lot to 
to do with over the last few years. He um, gave me my big kind of standout handicap winner and his apprentice, so he's been a good horse for me. Um, was it one with Richard Hannon or? Um, no, Alan King. Right, right. And, and mm. do you, have you ridden many for Alan King? Because he, doesn't he specialise more in sort of, um, you know, dual purpose horses and horses at longer distances generally? Um, he's got a bit of both. He's um, a very good trainer who I've been riding for since I was an apprentice and I've had plenty of success with him. So yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, at this point, I mean, what's it like being... Um, a female jockey amidst all the boys um i don't know i don't really notice the difference there isn't any just something i you know it's part of my life and it's something i've never really considered so it's not a bother <laughs> do, do you know do, you, do, do they sort of wind you up do you have a bit of banter with them as well um yeah i have a bit of crack with everyone really i get on with pretty much everyone there in the weighing room which is nice mm. um so it's good atmosphere and of course, you've got you, you've got your minder there as well, haven't you? The what? Sorry. You've got your minder around, Tom. Who's that? Oh yeah, yeah, he's um around most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you obviously met Tom through racing, I take it, yeah. Yeah, I met Tom when I was pony racing. I must have been fourteen or fifteen, and we were best friends from a really young age. So yeah. I've known him forever, really. All oh, right. So it's a it's a long term relationship, that's for sure. Then, if you met him that young. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, is it is there any wedding bells in the in the distance or what? Um, well, I'm, we're engaged, so we've got to plan a wedding, but we don't really have any time to do that at the moment. Mm. Things are pretty crazy in our lives, so it's brushed to one side at the minute. Well, I'm sure it is, but I'm sure it's uh, it's going to be a big day when it happens. That's for the whole race to be there, I should imagine, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I don't really want a big wedding. Do you? <laughs> Um, but, nah, but we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah more music now and this is a, a young lady called Sire and it's called Alive I was born in a thunderstorm I grew up overnight I played alone I played on my own I survived hey
just lies and you're taught to cry in your pillow. I'll survive. Sound of Sire there and Alive. So moving on, um, you rode your first group race winner on the 9th of July in 2020 in the Prince of Wales Stakes, Scott, yeah? Um, a new market on Dame Malio for Ed Vaughan. Um, that was a good day, yeah. So obviously you rode your first listed winner and becoming a, a professional. The next thing on the list is a group winner. So yeah. to have done that was pretty good. Um yeah, and then you start getting a taste of it, so you want want to want want the big winners more and more often. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, what's it like riding in the same race as Tom? Do you have any any discussions when you're riding each other against each other? No, not really. I mean, I wouldn't even know he's in the race half the time. Yeah, is he quiet then, like you? Yeah, he's quiet enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just didn't. I didn't. You know how it kind of works, really, but. Uh, Presumably he's he's around to keep an eye on things anyway, so that's 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 good. You know, keeps yeah keeps you on the straight and narrow as well, I guess as well. So that's fair enough. Um, and then of course you rode, you became the first female jockey to ride a winner on Champions Day, at Ascot. Yeah, that was um, amazing to ride that double on Champions Day and got my first Group One winner um, on the same day. So it was an amazing day all round for us. Really, um, Tom had two winners as well, so it was pretty rare. Yeah. I bet you had a bit of a party after that lot, didn't you? Not really. We were racing the next day, so it's hard to kind of embrace things, really, and mm. sit back and um, 
enjoy them because you don't get any time off so talking about that i mean what what are what are the sort of disciplines that you have to as a as a as a flat jockey that you have to go through i mean you know you obviously i presume you can't just sort of eat eat willy-nilly you've got to have a controlled diet etc to keep your weight right yeah um well to be honest i eat what i want because i'm only eight stone and i've never had a weight problem whereas tom he has to watch his weight really carefully and sweat every day so i'm pretty lucky i'm one of not many jockeys that can do that but um um yeah obviously you have to keep very fit and um keep keep yourself um in good condition obviously because you're competing every day so and mm. um, your body needs to be strong and um and resilient really yeah quite well obviously you might only be eight stone but you're obviously strong that's for sure so, i mean it's it's not easy i wouldn't have thought controlling i mean i i watch the racing all the time and you often see you know when they when they ride down before they go behind the stalls and sometimes you get the odd one that's sort of really pulling going down there i mean it takes them doing i expect to hang on to a, a horse like that surely yeah it's just part of the job really isn't it and something that you get better with more experience yeah and then you had a bit of a disappointment back in in 2021 in that you had a um a ride in a classic in the 2000 guineas but your mount outside a albadri reared up and, and, oh, yeah. and fell and leaving the paddock and was withdrawn i mean that must have been a real blow wasn't it yeah it was but um you know i don't really you know it was great to get a ride in the race i'm not really sure where he'd have finished to be honest but horses for you i'm used to that yeah. disappointments and stuff these days so it wasn't really it was fine <laughs> more music now and we've got a band called the Kooks and Naive I'm not saying it was your fault although you could have done more oh you're so naive yes so how could this be done such a smiling sweetheart Oh, and your sweet and pretty face It's such a lovely way Something so beautiful Oh, that every time I look inside I know, she knows That I'm not fond of asking True or false, it may be Oh, she's still out to get me And I know she knows that I'm not fond of asking True or false, baby She still has to get me I may say it was your fault Because I know you could have done more You're so naive, yeah So how could this be done With such a smiling sweet heart Oh, I'm just sweet, I'm Oh, step, baby, she still loves to get me. 
Tell me about Archie Watson because I, I look at the racing results every day, and you know Archie Watson. Whenever you ride for Archie Watson, there's always a fair chance it's going to be a winner. I mean, he he, he yeah, provides he, um, some, he, he provides you with some great horses by the look of it. Yeah, Archie kind of helped me take my career to the next level, really, because when I lost my claim, he was there to provide me with plenty of rides and winners, which is what you need, really, because mm. it's a tough time. So that came at the right time in my career, and he's very loyal, um, very good trainer, obviously. The results show that, and great, great guy to ride for. But I was looking at your, um, you know, the racing post to a, a, a website thing where they, they have all your rides and your winners and what have you, and just doing a very quick count, it looked as though more or less 50% of your rides, uh, of the last 54 rides anyway, were in the top three, which is a, a pretty good record, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. The horse is running well at the moment, so hopefully it can continue. Well, yeah, no, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I really do. Um, <clears throat> but looking at your career, I mean, where do, where do you see your career going next? Um, well, I like I said before, I want to ride in all the I want to ride in classics and you know all the major meetings and all the festivals around the world. That's yeah. what any I think any you know jockey that wants to get to the top strives to do, and um, that's what I want to do. So I'll just keep keep plugging forward and see if I can get to that <laughs> I mean is it a question of getting the the right retainer from the right trainer to you know to be sure that you're going to get to those sort of sort of dizzy heights really I mean for example if you've got a, a retainer from Aidan O'Brien I mean you'd be you'd be in clover I would have thought yeah but it's about like you know it's not just relying on other people and trainers it's about improving as a rider um year in year out and um delivering the goods really and getting the results because that's the main thing and, and I'm just looking here. I see that you, you've you've ridden in the Breeders' Cup as well. That might have, that must have been a, a pretty uh, awe-inspiring occasion for you, I mighty Gurkha. Yeah, it was an excellent um, excellent experience. You know, growing up, it's somewhere I'd always dreamt of having a ride at. So hopefully, mm. in the next few years, we can keep going, and we'll see what happens. Time for another musical break now, and this time we've got the Stereophonics and Dakota.
Sound of the stereophonics there and Dakota. Well, what's it like over on the Breeders' Cup? I mean, I presume it's a huge crowd there, is it? Um, uh, well, obviously it was locked down, so. Um, oh, of course, yeah. It, there was a crowd, but it wasn't as big as it usually is. But, but um, yeah, it was unreal. Presumably, if you went there when when there's no lockdown, I mean, it would be a huge crowd anyway. Um. There, there was a bit of a crowd there, but, um, yeah, it was good. Um, so just take me through, uh, because my background was a little bit, I worked in football a lot. I was 15 years at uh, the Oval Town where I was head of media there. And, of course, that, that meant driving here, there and everywhere to, to follow the team. To a degree, something similar for you in that you obviously have to ride all over the place. I mean, how do you find that, you know, what, what's an average day like for you? Well, before Holly talks us through that average day, let's have the last of her musical choices, and it's the sound of Fleetwood Mac and Dreams.
sleep with Mac there and dreams. Talk me through an average day. Um, so we probably get up around 5.30 and be in work for 6-ish um, to ride work for whoever I'm riding work for, usually Archie Watson in Lambourne or sometimes we uh, go to Newmarket, which is a, usually an earlier start. Um, yeah. So ride out pretty much every day apart from Mondays. Um, ride out usually takes you to about 10 o'clock, whereas it depends if you're at a day meeting, you'd um, pretty much get in the car straight away and go racing. But if it's a night meeting, I go home and have a bit of breakfast try and do some exercise or if i can go to the gym but um then you've only got you know you've only got an hour or two before you have to go to an evening meeting so um you know at the moment it's great for me because i'm racing every day but um so so i'm in a routine of things but um it is hard it is um tiring and really full-on sometimes but it's worth it at the end of the day I mean, you, you travel, you must do a hell of a lot of miles. I mean, have you got your own driver or do you have to do the driving yourself? Um, I do a lot myself, really. If I'm up north, I'll get someone or if I'm feeling particularly tired at the end of the week, I'll get someone to take me, but I don't have a driver, really. Mm. But it's, it's it's hard going. I mean, I know, you know, pounding up and down the motorways all the time, it does get to you after a while, doesn't it? It is. It does take its toll and I ride all year round every day in, in the winter, so... It is it is tough and it does take its toll, but um, you know, like the winners that I've had this year so far, it's been worth it. But um, it would be nice to have a bit bit more extra time. But um, yeah, I'm young and I'm hungry, so that's what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, and presumably, I mean, do you, do you travel with Tom if if he's riding at the same meeting? I guess if we can, we try and share a lift just to help each other out with the driving. But um, usually we're at different places, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. What's your favourite race course then? Uh, Ascot, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you don't come. I mean, obviously, you don't come down to places like Wincans because it's jump racing down here. But uh, I always feel that we're down in the West Country, we're a little bit sort of starved of, of, of flat racing, apart from Bath and Salisbury. That's all we've got really down here. Which is, yeah, it's not much is there. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. Okay. Well, look, Holly, it's been tremendous talking to you. Um, Best of luck. Oh, one other thing too. Uh, I think you've got, is it two or three rides this evening? Uh, six tonight. Six, is it? I must have missed them then. Right. So what's the best chance tonight then? Maybe my one in the nine o'clock for my Ferrachi Watson should run well. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. Excellent stuff. Well, look, thanks ever so much for joining us. The best of luck in your career as it goes on from here. I hope you'll better talk to us again sometime and, um, you know, we, we can... Uh, we can catch up with your career as you go along so don't be surprised if you get the odd phone call um and um but but yeah you know thank you ever so much for joining us really really appreciate your time and uh have a good evening yeah thank you very much for having me Horse racing is the sport of kings, and here at Hot to Trot Racing, we have the perfect way to experience the thrill of racehorse ownership at the highest level, but at a fraction of the cost. Hot to Trot Racing operate three syndicates, two on the flat and one over jumps, with each costing just over £2,000 for an all-inclusive share per year. Each syndicate has at least five leased horses who are based with leading trainers in the UK, like Clive Cox, Roger Charlton and Nicky Henderson. 
Anderson. The syndicate members' benefits include communication, a diverse schedule of events, badges for racing when a syndicate have a runner, hospitality during the season, including our end-of-season lunch, and a share of the prize money earned by the horses. For more details, contact Sam Hoskins at sam at hottotrotracing.com. Hot to Trot Racing, the sport of kings. fancy a bit of jazz funk or maybe some soul or Motown or even classic American disco come to that well my altered ego show is the one for you Why don't you join me, A.D. Hopper, every Sunday at 4 and Friday at 2.30 here on Three Valleys Radio. Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom. And you've been listening to the In Conversation program with A.D. Hopper. No space to win in this town. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is Yeah. Mm-hmm.